The content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Ready, set, go! And the truth shall set you free! Welcome to One Life Radio. Are going higher indeed, everyone, and happy 2024. Oh my gosh, it seems so weird to be on the air after being off for uh, gosh, it's been almost two weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. a little over a week and a half. Wow, I a, had completely forgotten how to do all of this when I came in this morning. I well, it's so crazy, yeah, I feel weird, but it feels good to have uh. It feels good to be here. It, it does feel good to be here, I have to say. And happy 2024 to everyone out there. And we're on our new time at 9 a.m., so I guess we've got uh, a new audience, perhaps, as well, yeah. to go with it. New year, new audience. New I don't time. know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But if you're joining us for the first time, my name is Bernadette Fiaschetti, and I am joined with Jerry Caldwell and Marie Early. We are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia Studios. Uh, uh, And you can always listen to the podcast after the broadcast as well on any of your favorite podcast app or on OneLifeRadio.com. And it's Tuesday, not Monday, because yesterday was the new year. Oh, you're right. (laughs) I was thinking it's Monday, but it's Tuesday. It's it's so hard to get back on track after. Oh, it is. It is. Time off. Yeah, it is. Well, and and then somebody just texted me, what's your word of the year? Uh, are you guys aware of the word of the year? I guess we're supposed to pick a word of the year. Did you guys do that? No. No. Um, my, f- no. You can't. You can't say my word of the year on the air. Uh, my word of the year is always truth, which leads me to mar- to our special guest today, Mary Holland. She is a truth leader uh, worldwide. She serves as the president and general counsel uh, of Children's Health Defense. She left the faculty of New York University School of Law, where she served for 17 years, most recently directing its graduate lawyering program. Mary received her Master of Arts and Juris Doctor degrees from Columbia University and her undergraduate degree from Harvard. She has worked in international public and private law, and Mary is the co-author of Vaccine Epidemic, as well as the HPV Vaccine on Trial, Seeking Justice for a Generation Betrayed. You can find her at childrenshealthdefense.org. Mary, happy new year to you and everyone at Children's Health Defense. Thank you so much, Bernadette. Pleasure to be here and happy new year to you and Jerry and Marie and all of the crew. Thank you so much. What's your word of the, my word of the year is truth. What's yours, Mary? (laughs) Like that one. Let's go with truth. Let's go with truth. You can never hurt when you tell the whole truth, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. So, Mary, you know, we're going over the most read news and views of the year, not of the, not of the week, but of the year. These are incredible stories that, uh, that Children's Health Defense has, the content that, and the coverage that you guys put out, the, it's, just, it's just unbelievable, the work that you do. And so these are the top 10 news, most read news and views of the year. So let's get started because there are some really important stories we need to cover here. The first headline from the most read news of the year from the Defender newsletter reads, CHD sues major media organizations uh, alleging free speech and antitrust violations. So, Mary, what major media organizations were named in the lawsuit? And can you explain what antitrust laws are, why they were put in place, and how they are being violated? 
So Children's Health Defense has an ongoing lawsuit um, against the Associated Press, Reuters, the British Broadcasting Corporation, and the Washington Post. And those are some of the leading members of what's called the Trusted News Initiative. And these legacy, mainstream, big media platforms colluded with big tech platforms like Google and Facebook and others, um, Twitter, to suppress small independent news outlets like you, like Children's Health Defense, and like many other plaintiffs that joined with us, people with podcasts, people with other online platforms. Um, And we know, and we'll talk more in the show, Bernadette, about the threat of censorship and why it's so important to push back and resist censorship. But censorship is not just to suppress the truth, which it definitely is. It's also for economic reasons. So these legacy media corporations realize that small independent news outlets like you and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the radio and and us online – streaming platform, we are eating their lunch, right? We are telling the truth and people want to hear it, and they're not happy about it. And so they're very explicit that they will, they will um, address what they call misinformation. They will suppress that both because they don't like the information, but also because we pose an economic threat. And that's what antitrust is really about, is that mm-hmm. you can't have monopolies. You can't have agreements ag- among major players in a market against smaller entries. The First Amendment does not protect that. It mm-hmm. protects free press, but it does not protect the right to collude with others to keep somebody out of the market for the press. Mm -hmm. So right now, the lawsuit actually got moved from where it was discussed in this article, Bernadette. It's Mm -hmm. now in federal court in the District of Columbia, and the um, defendants, the Trusted News Initiative members, have filed motions to dismiss, saying we don't have a right to sue them on these grounds. And we're waiting for a decision from the court, but we're very hopeful that we will get past the motion to dismiss. And at that point, Bernadette, we get into civil discovery, and we will get to see what are the documents among these members of the TNI initiative, and we'll get to see their correspondence, and we'll get to ask questions of executives in these corporations. So stay tuned. Yeah, it's scary because the Supreme Court really has the power to reshape free speech. Yes, and that is going to happen this year. Either they are going to stand by free speech in in this case and in, well, the Supreme Court is going to be hearing early in 2024 Missouri versus Biden, which is a critical censorship case. But yes, this year is going to be so important on so many different issues and particularly censorship. Yeah. And that, you know, I think of, I think of when I was in, uh, when I was in college and I remember, um, you know, reading about the antitrust laws and the history behind it and why they came about and all that. It's so important. A lot of people don't ever really think about it, but those antitrust laws were really put into place to protect so protect us from, and and from from so many things, right, Mary? Um, Not just censorship, but just... 
So Company, economic harm. We know that yes. when monopoly takes over, there's no market pressure, there's no competition, so they do whatever they want, and right. they can charge whatever they want. And we see that, right, when there's no accountability, when there's no competition, when there's no market, and that's what happens with monopolies, then they become abusive. Power corrupts. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Um, you know, I was reading in an article about the uh, the Communications Decency Act of 1996. Will that come into play with uh, the Supreme Court and how they could potentially reshape free speech? Yes, that it, that's not in this case, but one of the critical laws in place that has protected um, corporations like Facebook and like Google is something called the Communications Decency Act, which... Uh, basically says that they're not liable for information that's put on their platforms, that the only the, you know, they're not the publisher, which is completely different than the laws that face legacy publishers. And so that issue, um, Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, is being, you know, considered very, very actively right now. And I do believe the Supreme Court has a case that they're looking at this year about that. Yeah, it's all very interesting. It is. And these are important stories. As I said, if you're just now joining us, we're speaking with Mary Holland. She serves as president and general counsel of Children's Health Defense. We're going over the most read news and views of the year with Mary and the Children's Health Defense.org. The next most read headline of the year reads Bill Gates, after reaping huge profits selling bio and tech shares, trashes effectiveness of COVID vaccine. So, Mary, I remember this headline very well from last January 27th and the outrage that myself and so many others felt all over the world. Can you recap the story for us? It's an outrageous story. So after for two full years promoting vaccines to the hilt and telling everybody the world won't go back to normal until everybody's been vaccinated and these vaccines are going to stop transmission, they're going to stop infection, they're going to be a dead end to COVID. After all of that, uh, Bill Gates comes out in Australia in January of 2023 and says, oh, by the way, and this is after he sold his stocks, by the way, very importantly, after he sold oh, yeah. all of his stock at a tenfold profit, tenfold, 10,000 percent. He then says, oh, there were these problems, by the way. There was um, an inf- it didn't stop infection and it wasn't broad spectrum. Variants would come up and um, they were very short lived in their protection, especially for old people. So we really do have to come up with better vaccines. Mm-hmm. I- it was unbelievable. <laughs> but, yeah, and-, and what we have to recognize is these people are self-interested. He made a pile of money. And he lied. All of those things were really totally understandable when the vaccines first came out, Bernadette. So we have to recognize these people are liars and they're grifters. They're going to basically extract money where they can. And if we understand that, we should just stop listening to people like Bill Gates. I agree. Uh, and giving him all the control that he has, as you said, power, you know, power uh, gives, gives, it corrupts and money corrupts. And he's got both. I mean, he... I, I could, you know, go on and on about everything that he owns. It's just, it's kind of scary to think about all the, even the farmland that he's buying all over America. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite, uh, it's quite unnerving. 
when you think about it. But uh, I'm looking at the clock. Let's stay on time here. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. More coming up with Mary Holland and the childrenshealthdefense.org. I encourage you to go to their website. Make a donation. If truth matters to you, even $5 a month makes a difference. We'll be right back. And you can get all these stories, by the way, if you sign up for the Defender newsletter at thechildrenshealthdefense.org. We'll be right back. You are listening to One Life Radio. If you miss the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at oneliferadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet, barricade. <laughs> We've all heard the mantra that vaccines are safe and effective, but is it really true? Turtles All the Way Down, Vaccine Science and Myth is an in-depth review and analysis of the science on vaccine safety. By the time you finish reading, not only will you see the answer clearly for yourself, you will also have the scientific references and quotes at your disposal that prove it. More than 1,200 of them. From mainstream scientific papers and textbooks to official government publications and vaccine manufacturers' documents. Whether you are new to the vaccine debate or a veteran seeking a deeper grasp of the science, Turtles All the Way Down Vaccine Science and Myth is a must-read. Now available on Amazon. Magnesium supports the health of nearly every system in the human body. Yet it can be difficult to maintain healthy levels through diet or supplements. The ideal way to restore and maintain healthy magnesium levels is through your body's largest, most efficient organ of absorption, your skin. Be sure that your body is getting the magnesium it needs with Ancient Minerals, the number one recommended topical magnesium among health practitioners worldwide. Their lotions, highly concentrated magnesium oils, bath salts and gels make it easy to get the daily magnesium you need to thrive. And the best part? Ancient Minerals is part of Enviromedica, a name synonymous with quality and integrity. Learn more about magnesium and ancient minerals at Enviromedica.com. Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. Welcome back to One Life Radio, everyone. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Mary Holland. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas, on iHeartMedia uh, with Mary Holland. She serves as president of the Children's Health Defense. Uh, she left the faculty of New York University School of Law, where she served for 17 years, most recently directing its graduate uh, lawyering program. Mary received her Master of Arts in Juris Doctor degrees from Columbia University and her undergraduate degree from Harvard. She has worked in international, public, and private law, and Mary is the co-author of Vaccine Epidemic as well as the HPV vaccine on trial, seeking justice for a generation betrayed. You can find Mary Holland at childrenshealthdefense.org. We're going over the most read news and views of the year from 2023 with Mary and the childrenshealthdefense.org. The third headline from the most read news and views of the year from the Defender newsletter reads, Report linking fluoride to lower IQ in children made public after CDC HHS tried to block it. So Mary, why would government agencies put in place to protect us like the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services try to block such an important report regarding this, this neurotoxin in our water supply. Why would they do that? Mm. Corruption, in a word, corruption. 
Um, it's 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 a really fascinating and cr- incredible story, Bernadette, and I'm really excited that we're coming out with a film about it this month and that the trial that's mentioned in this article challenging the Environmental Protection Agency to take fluoride out of our water because it's harming children's um, IQ levels, their Mm -hmm. intellectual capacity. That trial resumes in federal court in California on January 29. So I'm going to have an interview. um, This film is an interview with Michael Conant, the lead lawyer who's been working on this case since 2017, so six Mm -hmm. years. And we're going to be doing a Good Morning CHD episode on that very soon. So basically, really, the National Toxicology Program is under Health and Human Services. And they did a six-year study on fluoride and its impact. And they said very clearly in the draft report that fluoride is harming young children's intellectual capacity. It is Mm -hmm. actually making them less intelligent, right? It's lowering their IQs. Eight out of nine high-quality studies showed that effect. And yet, at the level of the Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services, Rachel Levine, they were trying to water this down and say, oh, there's no effect that we know of. You know, we need more study. Mm-hmm. And so fortunately, Bernadette, all this information came out through Freedom of Information requests, and the court, actually, the federal court in California, required that that draft report be published. And the trial that was brought, the lawsuit that was brought in 2017 by different nonprofit groups um, to take fluoride out, and this case using a petition to the Environmental Protection Agency, that case is going to resume this month in California. So it's very exciting. It is exciting. You know, we did several shows on this. We've talked about this. And the history of fluoride is just fascinating how it even got into our waterways. I mean, it's basically a toxic waste product, right? Waste product. Toxic sludge. Yeah, like sludge. And they found a way to make money with it and lie about, you know, and lie about it. It's like, how does this kind of stuff happen? Corruption. I mean, the only word is corruption, and it, it, it's to cover up for industry to make money and government for having, you know, been saying this was a good thing since World War II. This right. is a byproduct that came about through nuclear weapons work, and it's really a shocking story. But the good news is, is most of the world does not fluoridate water. The U.S. Uh-huh. is absolutely an outlier on this. The science is robust. The National Toxicology Program is one of the best toxicology programs in the world, they came to an unambiguous conclusion that it should not be in the water supply. It's harming young children. So I'm cautiously optimistic, Bernadette, that this may be a watershed, so to speak. Our U.S. government needs a good dressing down is what it needs. Uh, you know, and just this has got to stop. It's so crazy. And you hear this over and over again that they're not doing it other in other parts of the world, but we're doing it here in the USA. It's kind of funny. It's like we all need to pay attention. It, it, we just need to pay more attention. But like you said at the beginning of the broadcast, there's really no one covering these stories in mainstream media because it's all connected. Right. All these big everything, big, big, big and big profits to go with that. It's all connected. At our expense and our children's expense. Okay, the next story headline from the Defender newsletter, uh, most read news and views of the year reads, 
Police detective, 50% of sudden infant deaths happen within 48 hours of vaccination, but no one is allowed to say. So, Mary, this is a fascinating interview between Steve Kirsch and a former police detective. What did the detective discover about the sudden infant death syndrome, or SIDS, cases that she investigated and childhood vaccines? Well, she was a detective, Bernadette, for seven years, and she covered... um, infant deaths, and she covered 250 of them. And verifiably, she found that 50% of the children dying of so-called sudden infant death syndrome were occurring within 48 hours of vaccination. And in fact, she believed that 70% were within one week of vaccination. And um, it makes no sense. If, if vaccines have nothing to do with this, Bernadette, then SIDS should be occurring, you know, w- without any relationship to vaccines, but they don't. They occur within a short window after vaccination. Um, and this, ca- this article, and we'll talk more about it, talks about a case in Maine of a seven-week-old infant um, who they were able to do good autopsy workup, and they found toxic levels of aluminum. Um, The article also talks about uh, another um, detective, a police detective in Canada, in Ottawa, and she was investigating the connection between vaccines and SIDS, particularly COVID vaccines in early and in young children, Mm -hmm. finding that the deaths of young children had gone up two to three times after COVID shots. And she, instead of being lauded and having her work further investigated, she's being prosecuted. Um, so I wow. think coming out about SIDS, um, uh, Bernadette, I really do believe that people are starting to wake up that sudden infant death syndrome is really related to these vaccines and that uh, it, it's just becoming more common that these babies die. And, you know, to say that it's because they slept on their stomach is just so absurd. And I think people are starting to wake up to the absurdity of that. And people are starting to understand more after COVID that vaccines can be really harmful. They can be deadly. Yeah. And it is absurd. I mean, when you think about it, I've raised two babies and, you know, one was more active than the other. Sometimes, you know, babies will move around in their cribs or they'll flip or whatever. You know, a lot of other countries in the world, their babies sleep right with them. They they go, you you know what I'm saying? It just doesn't even make sense. Um, But but I I did a little investigating myself and just, you know, just curious, you know, what I would find on uh, on Google, but I don't really trust Google. But what I did find is that um, Reuters uh, uh, dot com uh, that missed vaccination did not produce a, a um, sudden infant death syndrome. That was a, a quote. But then if you go to the uh, British Medical Journal opposite, you know, they say, yes, that there needs there's there's reason for concern. More study is required and in time, perhaps changes in the immunization schedule, that there is a correlation um, and that there was a number of reports from around the world that social distancing and lockdowns reduce the duration and severity of um, of uh, children dying from SIDS um, and other related uh, infant mortality. And so, you know, because a lot of people said when when the children weren't going in to get their um, it was a report out, I think, uh, Great Britain that I've quoted several times on the air and I still can't put my hands back on it. But I remember reading it and thinking, oh, my gosh, it was during covid and it was it was uh, it was quite a big number, like 26 or 36 percent of children. um, The the sudden infant death syndrome um, statistic went down by that much during covid because children were not going in and getting their regular um, immunizations. 
And right. so we, we, we published articles on that, Bernadette. There were some very good studies done um, by Mark Blaxel and others showing that when children don't go for routine vaccinations, uh, there are fewer deaths for infants. So it, it's, it, I think the correlation is becoming clearer and clearer. Um, I hope people learn about it as mm-hmm. I, I just you hope that people sort of wake up. Yeah. Um, And this is from the British Medical Journal as well. It says here that uh, American pediatric officials have steadfastly uh, dismissed any role for vaccines in the causation of SIDS based on a selection of observational studies. Nevertheless, until properly, uh, properly controlled trials are done, we will be unable to confirm or exclude a casual role for vaccines. It definitely needs a big investigation along with a lot of other things. Um, uh, I'm looking at the clock. Should we go to break again? Yeah, maybe let's do that. We'll go to break. I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm uh, in a cloud today, Mary. I, <laughs> the time is just like flying by. And uh, yeah. All right. Well, we'll be right back. We're going to break. Stay tuned. More coming up with Mary Holland. We're going over the most read news and views of the year from uh, Mary with Mary and the Children's Health Defense.org. Stay tuned. Health, freedom, news, and views with the president of Children's Health Defense, Mary Holland. One Life Radio will be right back. Wellbeing Journal is a remarkable bi-monthly health publication esteemed by intelligent readers worldwide. It's available in print or digital, single issues or subscription. Its focus is on living a happy, healthy life and preventing or healing illnesses naturally. Preventing or healing cancer, arthritis, cardiovascular conditions, and digestive issues, as well as nutritional solutions for optimal health are regular subjects. Learn more at wellbeingjournal.com. Contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Mary Holland. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia. You can listen to the podcast after the broadcast anytime on your favorite podcast app or on OneLifeRadio.com. We're going over the most read news and views of the year. Yes, Happy New Year, everyone. It is 2024 officially, and Mary Holland is the president of the Children's Health Defense, so we're in good shape going over these stories. Uh, she is definitely at the forefront of this fight for truth that we have here in our country. So we're halfway through the top 10 most read news and views of the year from the Defender newsletter, as I said, and the Children's Health Defense.org. The next headline reads Once you start censoring, you're on your way to dystopia and totalitarianism. RFK Jr. tells House Subcommittee. So, Mary, those words spoken by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on July 20th, 2023, will go down in history, perhaps as the most important words ever spoken by a man trying to protect our First Amendment. For those that missed it or have forgotten, Mary, what happened on that day in Washington? Well, it was an extraordinary day, Bernadette. So fortunately, a subcommittee of the House of Representatives Judiciary Committee called a hearing about censorship, what was happening with censorship. And among other guests, they invited Robert F. Kennedy Jr., 
who is running for president and who had left uh, on leave from Children's Health Defense and was um, already conducting his campaign. Remarkably, Bernadette, 102 House Democrats signed a letter to disinvite Mr. Kennedy, mm-hmm. <laughs> alleging that this would give him a platform for his alleged anti-Semitism and anti-Asian views, which oh. is completely bogus. I, um, yeah. And as, as, as Mr. Kennedy said, he put aside his planned remarks to respond to what the people on the panel were saying about him. And he said, you know, None of this is based in truth. This is all just smear tactics, and this is reminiscent of the McCarthy era. And how remarkable is it that you have tried to censor a hearing on censorship? Mm -hmm. It was just incredible, and watching it, Bernadette, as I did, um, it was amazing that at many points in this hearing, members of the committee, sadly Democrats, asked that the committee go into executive session so that it would stop being um, broadcast on C-SPAN. Mm-hmm. So it was an unbelievable hearing, and I have to say I was very proud of Robert F. Kennedy Jr., our chairman on leave at that point. I thought he handled himself very um, dispassionately and clearly to say censorship is the way to tyranny. It is the way to tyranny. It never leads to good things. Censors are always on the wrong side of history. Mm -hmm. So it was a powerful day. It was a powerful day. I remember, and I I think that's the first uh, C-SPAN thing that I ever really watched at length, Marie brought it to our attention. We watched it before the show that morning. I remember it well. I was just incensed as I was watching it. And one of the things, and Marie, you remember? Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's very silent over there yeah. today. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I remember just thinking, oh, my gosh, these are people that represent America that are being so uh, on, on f- just, just incredibly, uh, I don't even know what the words are other than, really just ignorant about what, what's been happening in our world and as an American citizen just being uh, just very um, shocked at what I saw that was happening. And I agree with you, Mary, that, uh, that uh, Mr. Kennedy handled himself like a true leader. And if anything else, that if anything came out of it, um, good, he proved his ability to lead this country under incredible duress and be a leader and, and show just how strong he really is, because that's what we need. We need strong leadership in this country, and we need honest leadership. He proved that that day. I agree with you. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next story, because we've got uh, we've got five more to go. Okay, so the next most read headline of the year reads, The 15-Minute City, a climate solution or just an excuse for more control? Mary, for those that may not remember this story reported in February 2023 by Brenda Belletti, Ph.D., what were her concerns regarding the 15-minute city and the agenda behind the WEF or the World Economic Forum? So 15-minute cities is the tagline for a new plan in urban development, and many of the world's biggest and most important cities, including Los Angeles and Milan and Paris, are all on board with this concept of 15-minute cities. But this article focuses on what's happening in Oxfordshire, England. And so Oxfordshire is like a county, and it's being set up into six districts. 
and they're implementing this rather soon. And the idea is if you don't have a permit to go outside your 15-minute zone, you will automatically be fined 70 pounds, which is, you know, a lot of money. And this is to allegedly encourage walking, biking, and shared transportation as the first option. But the article quotes James Corbett, who often appears on CHDTV, is saying, you know, 15-minute cities sound great, but the problem is there's no democracy. This is totally top-down. This is absolutely going to lead to more displacement of people, more inequity. This is going to be gentrification on steroids. And it absolutely looks towards climate lockdowns of the future. And they Mm -hmm. kind of um, lionize, they kind of idealize what happened during COVID, that the world Mm -hmm. kind of stopped, and so there were fewer carbon emissions. Um, But we have to really look at who are the people that benefit from this. And we have to understand that this really has tremendous implications for social control. Yeah, and I and I I don't know about you, but when I was reading the article, I um uh I thought it, it kind of like jumped out at me that they made reference to 2020, right? And that 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 was the reason that we really need these 15-minute c- cities yep. or they kind of implied it and I thought, "Oh, just another reason uh, that I feel like this whole thing was planned all along." You know, because there's an agenda. And when you start connecting the dots, you're like, "Holy smokes, like this is just another piece of the puzzle." Right. Uh, absolutely. This is a part of the, the, the plan. And as the article points out, it's a part of these C40 cities. So they're looking to 2040. This is connected to the Clinton Climate Initiative. And it all sounds really great. But yeah. when you really look deeper, it's like, oh, my God, I am going to be surveilled 24-7, mm-hmm. and I will not be able to go to my next-door neighbors 15, 20 minutes away mm-hmm. unless I have a good social credit score. That's yeah. really what this is about. Yeah, it's crazy. Sounds just like China. Gives me, gives me uh, you know, chills in my, in my, in my yeah. goosebumps. But, uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, okay, so um, anything else you want to say about it? No. I think yeah. just we're, we're continuing to work on this. We are doing work at CHD on privacy and surveillance, and I mm-hmm. definitely feel like we need to be on top of this because this is coming. Oh, yeah. And to make it, I mean, you know, I'm a reasonable person. You're a reasonable person. There's lots of reasonable people out there listening. Some parts of it you think, oh, well, that sounds nice. You know, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, we want to have cleaner air. We want to, you know, be more uh, proficient in, in our uh, – just in every aspect of our, our life and how cities operate. And and so a lot of it makes sense, but not so much. Like you said, when you start to look deeper into it, you know, why do we have to lose freedoms along with, with that proficiency? Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. Let, and, you know, I moved the stories around, but I'm going to go back. So uh, we have a few more headlines to go. The next one reads... CHD funds lawsuit on behalf of man who says Verizon cell tower triggered life-threatening cardiac events. So, Mary, this lawsuit uh, feels a little like David and Goliath as I was rereading it again last night. What can you tell us about this case? And do you think more lawsuits like this are coming? 
Yes. This is a really important lawsuit. So one of the areas we've really been focused on, Bernadette, in addition to vaccines, where we've put a lot of focus, is the threat of more pervasive electromagnetic radiation. They're building 5G towers around the country right now. 6G and 7G is coming. Um, But many people have electromagnetic sensitivity. At some level, we all have it. But at current levels of 5G, about 30% of the population has some kind of response, mild response to electromagnetic. They have 30% of people have EMS, electromagnetic sensitivity, which means like they're ringing in their ears, fatigue, memory problems, sleep problems, um, flu-like symptoms. But 1.5% of people have really severe symptoms. They have atrial fibrillation. Their heart palpitates, and they could die, literally, including this gentleman who's brought the lawsuit, Mr. Allen, in Idaho. Remarkably, Bernadette, he moved to Idaho from California in 2014 because of his electromagnetic sensitivity. He moved to Idaho to get away from Mm -hmm. this, um, you know, uh, EMR, electromagnetic radiation. And what happened where he moved, Ada County, is that even though people in the county didn't want new 5G towers, the city council entered into an agreement with Verizon and other um, providers because they're gathering data. It's lucrative for them to have more towers. So this is a lawsuit that we're financing with attorney Scott McCullough, who in my mind is the leading uh, attorney on telecom on plaintiff side in the country. And this lawsuit is to achieve three things, to include people like Mr. Allen among people with a recognized disability, to be recognized under the Americans with Disabilities Act, to give him access to a remedy. And that remedy would either be that they move the tower to some other location where it won't harm people or... Mm -hmm that they are able to exclude his home from their um, beaming, which is possible. And Mm -hmm. so it's going to be an important case. There are definitely more lawsuits like this coming. Children's Health Defense is definitely want to stop this before it becomes locked in. And there's so much money in this that it becomes extremely difficult to turn around, like Mm -hmm. the vaccine issue. Yeah, you know, I was uh, driving yesterday down Interstate 30, um, heading west into Dallas, and I went by, uh, I just happened to look on the side of the road where these these towers, you know, they're so ugly, they stick out, and there was two of them within close proximity to one another, and I noticed, Mary, that all the vegetation was dead around it, and it's in a poorer area, too. Um, and that that in itself um, kind of bothers me that they would put them in underprivileged areas or areas that are poor, um, not caring about, uh, you know, where they put them um, and knowing those people probably can't fight them. Right. Um, but all the vegetation around them was dead. And it's not because it's winter, because it's oh. still not completely. You know, there's lots of vegetation uh, that's still greenery, a lot of greenery here still in Dallas in January. We haven't frozen up yet. Um, but uh, but I it, it just stuck out like. Like a sore thumb. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh! And and then there's one nearby my house. I I uh, that they just put up not that far, you not that long ago. And the vegetation all around there is dying too. And it's just it's so obvious when you start looking at this more closely. And we all need to pay attention because that vegetation is us. You know, it's us, <laughs> right? Right. We're all just living things, and we right. all need you know plants. So that's after- right. Yeah, Marie uh, actually wanted to say something. I know, Marie, go ahead. I know. I found a quote, uh, a statistic that says 5G can handle as much as 1 million devices 
per yeah. square kilometer. Mm, mm. So it's just yep. another way, you know, they just want to get more devices and, and more clients. Yeah, and what did you, much. you have a friend that works mm -hmm. for Verizon. AT&T. Or AT&T. Yes. And tell us, this is, uh, oh, shoot, we got to go to break she here said, real oh, okay. quick. That uh, 5G, the marketing about it's faster and all this is just a marketing ploy. And all it is is to get more people and more clients and more people spending money with AT&T. And more phones in a smaller area. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, we've got a couple more stories to cover and a little more time. So we're going to go to break. More coming up with Mary Holland. Uh, most read news and views of the year uh, from the Children's Health Defense.org. I encourage you to sign up for the Defender newsletter. Then you get all these stories in your email uh, once a week. Stay tuned, everyone. You are listening to One Life Radio. Follow us on social media at One Life Radio. The ecosystems of the body and the earth are inseparable. Gut health is the foundation of all health. And just as biodiversity is integral to the health of the earth's ecosystems, microbial diversity and balance are key to the health of your gut microbiome. I have been taking Enviromedica probiotics for over six years now, and I encourage you to try them as well. Rewild your gut with spore-based probiotics and wild-harvested prebiotics. Visit Enviromedica.com and check out all of their excellent products. Get reconnected to the earth with Enviromedica. That's Enviromedica.com. In today's environment, books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge. Children's Health Defense Publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences, often at the expense of their careers. Here are the latest must-reads in the fight for truth. The Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex by true crime writer John Leake and prominent research cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone. And Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at skyhorsepublishing.com and listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's skyhorsepublishing.com. We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now. All right, everyone. Happy New Year again. I love that it's 2024. Uh, new Year, new you, right? I, I love that expression. It is a good time to reset. And uh, so welcome back uh, to One Life Radio. And we're at our new time at 9 a.m. instead of noon, which is different. And uh, yeah, the dogs didn't know what to think this morning. They're like, what are you doing, Mom? <laughs> in love was up here in studio with me earlier but uh it's great to be here and welcome back to one life radio if you're just now joining us this is bernadette fiaschetti with jerry caldwell marie early and mary holland uh we are continuing our live broadcast from dallas texas on iHeartMedia. Uh, every week we go over the most read news and views of the week, but now we're doing the most read news and views of the year with Mary Holland and the Children's Health Defense.org. These are the top stories from the whole year from uh, Children's Health Defense.org. So the next story headline from the most read news and views of the year reads CHD attorneys head to appeals court to stop dangerous COVID vaccines for children. So, Mary, on January 8th, 
of this year, 2024, and next week, nearly two years after the Children's Health Defense sued the U.S. Food and Drug Administration over the authorization of COVID-19 vaccines for children, CHD attorneys will be in court to argue that the lawsuit should be allowed to go forward. Mary, can you give us more details about the case and what do you think will happen? Very exciting, Bernadette. So we filed a case, as you mentioned, two years ago in the Western District of Texas in federal court to say that the FDA did not have the evidence to recommend these shots to children. And these COVID boosters are still being recommended, Bernadette, to infants as young as six months old. We don't even know everything that's in them. The level of injuries has been catastrophic. Um, but it's still being recommended. So we challenged the authorization for children, and we said that actually there was a real threat of discrimination against children who weren't vaccinated at hospitals and in other mm-hmm. places. And so, and it was a misuse of the emergency powers to deny informed consent to families. So the questions that the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which we believe is a favorable circuit, will be trying to answer is, do these parents of young children have the right to bring this lawsuit? Was there, in fact, an injury from the threat of coercion because these children weren't mandated to get the COVID shot? And um, can CHD be an institutional plaintiff? Do we have an interest in this? Um, What we're really looking at is what role does the government play based on the last three years? Can the government just recommend anything and, and basically coerce families into getting them? So it's going to be really interesting. We're preparing now. Our attorney, Robert Barnes, is going to be arguing this case. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals is the circuit court that has, in my view, rendered very positive decisions about ivermectin and the FDA and also about Missouri v. Biden, the censorship case. So I'm cautiously optimistic, and I will be happy to talk to you about it after it's over. Oh, yeah. I would love to do a show on on just that. Uh, It's such an important story. And speaking of headlines and stories, we've got two more to go in about four minutes. Uh, So the next headline of the year reads, and this is related to the SIDS from earlier, baby who died 34 hours after vaccine had toxic level of aluminum in his blood report confirms. Mary, this is such a tragic story. We touched on it earlier. How can this kind of thing happen and how can they continue to deny any relationship to SIDS and childhood vaccines? Well, I think it's starting to be very difficult for them, Bernadette, which is the good news. But this is this tragic story of a 62-day-old infant in Maine who died after, shortly after his vaccinations. And when they finally were able to get an adequate autopsy, it showed that this infant had 95 micrograms per liter of aluminum, which would be potentially deadly to an adult, let alone an infant. Um, basically, uh, this fight is going on. They're taking this case to the injury compensation program. Um, the state basically blamed the parents, said the baby was sleeping in the wrong position. Oh, my. Uh, you know, insane. And uh, it's hard, but this these parents, the mom was actually a nurse. These parents are really devoted, and they really want to um, bring this to light and tell people the truth uh-huh. so that people can make their own decisions that are intelligent. Is she able to do an interview while she's involved in a lawsuit or no? She has. Um, they have done interview. Well, they've done written interviews. They do want to yeah. keep a low profile, but we of interviewed course. them. 
The yeah. Defender interviewed them, and also Jennifer Margulies, an mm-hmm. important journalist mm-hmm. who writes for Epic Times, interviewed them. Well, and it was so clumsy of these pediatricians. This child already had a rash, which was probably a reaction from another vaccine, and then they went on to even give him more vaccines, and 34 hours later, he was gone. I mean, and- it's clumsy. It seems like a malpractice even. So oh. uh, I don't know. <clears throat> and there's some music. Doggone it. I wanted to read the last headline, and I will real quick. And you guys can go to thechildrenshealthdefense.org and check it out. Uh, Uproar over appeal food coating sheds light on big agriculture's capture of organic food agencies. Another important story to to be abreast of, too. Right, Mary? Absolutely. Thanks so much, Bernadette. Oh, yes. Thank you. And Happy New Year uh, to everyone at Children's Health Defense and everyone out there listening. It's a new year, and that means you can you can do anything, right? You can do anything. All right. You get one body, you get one mind, and you get one life. Get out there today and hit the ball out of the park. Out of the park, you guys. Woo!